We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The <laughs> Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Hi listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are... Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm. Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Femme Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. At this point in time, you may have picked up on that previous Kyle pick that we gave him a very specific requirement, which may or may not have tied into the multiverse version of Horror Movie Night that was the following day. So as all things considered, this is Kyle's first true no limitations beyond our normal limitations that we all work within. You can pick anything right you know the funny light-hearted goofy horror movie night podcast and kyle picked a movie that i distinctly remember being controversial pretty much from the second it was released <laughs> stigmata <laughs> yeah you know i it, which it it still does fall into your thought process from snakes on a plane that the third co-host does pick something 
uh, specific to their taste level and what they what they want. And um, again, I did try to tie it into me as a as a person and what I've explored and what brought me to horror. And this one has a little bit of a story as to why I got to it. So if it yes, go go into uh, stigmata and then I will go into stigmata and then we'll all get stigmata together. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm gonna assume that there has to be an element of you know of the three of us Kyle and I have the religion side of things and you know there's definitely that element of like these these horror films tied to religion definitely mm-hmm. have this extra oomph where it's like you're kind of told like oh no you're not allowed to watch the right. exorcist you right. know like there's there's like there's a stigma to things like stigmata yeah i remember that being the case i remember this coming out and it being kind of a big deal, which is funny because it was also like hated by the critics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at one point I was reading Roger Ebert's review was like, it's the best Catholic comedy in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so like he's like it plays so fast and loose with any form of theology yeah. that yeah. it's insane. Yeah. But I avoided this movie for a while. Also I just like kind of was like, eh doesn't look like my type of my type of vibe. I didn't see it until college, but I like instantly liked it mm-hmm. from the second I watched it. Like yeah. I, I think that this movie is <laughs> it's one of those movies that walks that thin line where there's people who love it too much and make it very overrated, but then there's people who hate it so much that it becomes underrated when it's like it's just a perfectly fine fine movie late 90s horror film (laughs) yeah yeah no truly actually like uh i wasn't religious at the time of seeing this so at a there was a moment of time that this is all i knew about catholicism was stigmata uh (laughs) so i you knew everything you ever needed to know about catholicism is what you're saying (laughs) yeah i was like this is well i'm never gonna be a catholic now and that was stigmata existing (laughs) (laughs) you know i i uh, watched this movie in seventh grade uh and it was like one of my first sleepover horror movies actually which is oh, really weird um the tie-in i get yeah this is so first so yeah so i mean it has it holds a special place in my heart because i did claim i was one of those people who like overhyped it even in seventh grade uh claiming it was my favorite horror movie or my favorite movie actually period favorite movie period <laughs> on my live journal i claimed that stigmata was my favorite movie it has to be true if it's on live journal it, it's it's there forever uh, though I tried to log back into my live journal recently and I can't I can't figure it out. It's a fine movie. It's just kind of there. But I, in my attention-seeking seventh grade way, I had to pick a favorite movie that, you know, nobody fucking, that was, was edgy, edgy and like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I watched it at a sleepover at my uh, friend's gay uncle's house. And this was important because I claimed to be by in my attention seeking ways at the time and misunderstanding both Catholicism and life. Apparently I claimed to be bisexual. So I was very hype to go to a gay man's like house because in his bathroom, supposedly there was nude pictures of men. So I, and there were, but, and I had to like (laughs) pretend it's crazy. I, as a 30 year old man, I, I could suck a dick now and be like, it would be fine. And like, but being 12, like being in seventh grade and claiming to want to, I had no inkling. Like I had no understanding of it, but it was really just like for the attention. So I was like 
we're at this guy's house. He's got nude pictures of men. Like we're we're, we're gonna watch Stigmata. There were art photos. There wasn't like a weird like porno yeah, dungeon. No, it was in self portraits all over the. I'm porn. realizing. I, I, I'm realizing. Twelve year olds were gonna be looking at hard cocks at this no, guy's house. No, no. I'm realizing that this sounds uh, like predatory. It, it was really. <laughs> it was really not. It was really tasteful. But again, I was like. Blah, 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 blah. It was. Um, it was the equivalency of like. A horny twelve-year-old looking through a National Geographic. This essentially. is You're dude, just like it's to him. It's just decorative art, on. but to like a twelve-year-old, it's like at last, spot I on. Finally, see very, what this looks like. Very formative, and then like unformative sleepover that I had for Stigmata. I brought eclectic dove um, because of the <laughs> because of the birds. I thought they were pigeons, and I was like, these are the most like the Catholic Catholics need to have duh. I mean, like I grew up Catholic, right? Uh, you know, and, and my favorite joke is what do you call uh, an adult Catholic, an atheist? That's right. <laughs> but uh, let me tell you that, that stigmata Catholicism is definitely the Kmart of Catholicism because they have pigeons. They don't have fucking doves. No. I, I like no, the whatever they can line. Get. I like the plan that you had with that. And I'm definitely not trying to crap on, I'm not trying to pigeon poop on your yeah. on your beer selection this week. No, my that, let me tell you the one that I wanted that does not exist right now was that there was a company or a brewery called Nightmare Brewing that brewed an IPA with communion wafers, and I was trying so hard to find that for this. That's incredible. This that is absolutely yeah. incredible. The, uh, so, I mean, Matt, I know you watch Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. That may come up later in the. Okay, what, do so we do, watch this do we need to like but just yes, wait? Yeah. I mean, like, I, let me let me. So, Kyle, do you watch that show at all? I don't. Okay, it's, it. it's, a, it's a phenomenal show. I've heard, I've heard. It's, and you guys have talked about it a couple of times, right? Oh, I mean, oh, I've, yeah. I've probably Every time about a it. season drops, we discuss yeah, it. Like I <laughs> just, good. And so season four just came out and finished up maybe about a month ago at this point. And one scene, Midge Maisel, like the, the titular character's dad, I mean, they're, they're very Jewish in like 1961 in New York City. And he is hiding out and he finds himself in a Catholic church and he doesn't know anything about it because, you know, super jewish right and so he gets in line and he's like i just followed the line and he goes up and he's following what everybody else is doing and then he like is given a communion wafer and he puts it under his tongue and he's telling the story after he gives back to the apartment he's like and he like opens up his handkerchief and he's got the communion wafer he's like what do i do with it (laughs) it was it was I think the I funniest that. thing that happened in this season. I just we'll talk about it more on the what did you watch this week. But I I'm inclined to agree that that is probably the funniest segment of this season for sure. Yeah, and and you know, um, so as the resident ex Catholic on this show, I gotta say that so I saw Stigmata right when it came out on video, mm-hmm. which would have been probably two thousand two thousand. Yeah, like I was, was in a high 99 school. Release, so. Yeah, I was in high school. I was probably working at the. At the video store, and you know, like watch a screener copy or anything, because I Love mean, I like poster. I'll say posters, that much. Like, poster's great, <laughs> yeah. but I, I just feel like this movie is incredibly offensive for smart people. You know, yeah. like it's not for religious people. It's not offensive to religious people because, like, I mean, I guess it can be a re- it can be like her- heretical and kind of like taking the piss out of uh, out of religion. But at the same time, it's just like so offensively stupid because it's so easily, everything's so easily debunked. Like the whole extra gospel of Thomas is this secret gospel that is like anathema and no one is allowed to know about it. and, And it's not even like 
translated in 1990, let's say 1998 when they're filming this movie. Um, So the Gospel of Thomas was was discovered and translated in 1945 and no one gave a shit. Like it was (laughs) such a nothing burger of a thing. And um, so I just think that's hilarious that they were like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be, this is going to blow the doors off of this. You know, I don't know. It's just so dumb. Well, it's I like, think you're, they tried to like, it's because it does, it's, it's kind of tacked on at the end. Like we're supposed to like, have a Eureka moment when in actuality, this whole movie is just a haunted item movie given to a person who does not want to be haunted by such item. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, the, okay. Now I level, like that a lot. I like this movie more when you see it through that instead of like the, mm-hmm. the, you know, like apocalyptic in, yes. religious yeah. side. Cause I hate that shit. Like, no, I, I and, think that that's it's, what it I never have. Like it's it. not successful. It's no. like not. Yeah, no. But if you, if you think about it that way, which is the first time I, I mean, this has got to be, it was my favorite movie. So this has got to be my hundredth time. <laughs> what it's no, it's probably maybe my fifth time watching it tops. Right. Yeah. It was your it's, favorite movie in name only in title in only. Name only when when asked the question on the live journal quiz that was the answer i don't think i ever said proclaim that to anybody else but if you think about it like a haunted item movie and like even even with all the catholicism like background if you don't lead with that if you think of it as a haunted item movie it's it's fine it's kind of interesting even it's a lot more interesting that way it's an unwilling participant haunted by a spirit like i mean i guess all hauntings are unwilling but like this one's particularly has an extra like it's almost amityville 4 like, yeah, no, it was, I was literally just literally about to say any that. Amityville. <laughs> this was, I just realized the reason I watched this movie in college was that this movie was another one of the 101 movies you've probably never seen but should from Fangora magazine. And I wanted oh, to like read what the their reasoning team was for pay it. Fangoria <laughs> to put this on the list. Yeah. No, I would like to know because I don't. 101. Yeah. They probably had 100 and someone's like, you know, we need one more. more. And they're like, I don't know. Let's throw Sigma in there. I I saw this dude on Live Journal back in 1999 (laughs) who said that it was his favorite movie. Let's add that. He sounds like our prime prime demo. (laughs) I will try to find the video that we filmed in college of me being asked those questions by my best friend Evan and then staying <laughs> like answering them or reading the answers aloud as a 20 year old person because they're pretty it's pretty amusing so I guess I mean I don't have I mean look ton... it's not the it's not the most fun movie so I appreciate no watching no no it no <laughs> let me ask you this question because I feel like like you're right in the sense of there's not a lot for us to like really dissect for 45 minutes you know what I mean no. but no. but it, I think it leads to some interesting conversations i'm curious for the two of you because for me religious horror is probably my least favorite Mm -hmm. type of horror movie which is not shocking we all know that i like big ass fucking you know alligator movies and and slasher films like Mm -hmm. that's that's what i'm grabbing when i'm in the video store right yeah i've got like i think the only religious horror i have is like i have Stigmata on D- on Blu-ray because Scream Factory sent it to me to review, <laughs> and I've got like the director's cut of The Exorcist, and that's pretty much where my collection begins. Well, and that's ends. good that you have it on Blu-ray because the DVD uh, has no English subtitles, uh, so that was unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, are was, you a subtitles guy? Well, more so now that we have a kid, because a lot of those, uh, the way that our living room is set up, and a lot of the mixing on some really awful movies that we watch are impossible to watch without being 
anxious about waking up the kid. The sure, kid's not yeah. going to wake up, but I'm forever anxious about it. So well, I do especially I know what you're talking about. On. These these yeah. low budget movies that we sometimes watch, it's like dialogue wise, it's Dude. like, hey, how you doing? And then all of a sudden it cuts to like music. Cue, it's like, bah, 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 yeah. Bah, yeah. <laughs> like and it's what? always smoke on the water, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Back to my original question. Where do you guys land on religious horror films? I don't hate it as a sub sub genre. It's fine. It, yeah. I think that it's usually pretty boring. Um, but I mean, what comes to mind is good religious horror. I mean, I think that, you know, like the conjuring, would you consider the conjuring? No, religious I consider that haunted okay. house too. Like, think... I think that there is that thin line between mm -hmm. the two. This is like Amityville even sets this standard where it's like, it's a haunted house movie, but is it a also a possession movie? Like it kind of walks that line. Well, we're, t we're talking like Christianity, right? We're yes. just talking about Christianity. Okay. Yeah. And I think that because Christianity is, is kind of passe in America. I mean, like, I, I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean, it in American culture, like it's, it's yeah. ubiquitous. And so right. we were literally founded on puritanical principles. And so the ideas of disrespecting Christianity are transgressive, but we're also thankfully at a place where we're not going to shit on other religions either. So, I mean, I feel yeah. like, you know, like if you want to get religious horror, you, you're going to kind of have to go into foreign markets. And I, mm -hmm. I feel like there are really interesting stories to be told from the perspective of like folk horror, which isn't, it, it is religious horror, but it's not. I just thought of a religious horror film that I know Scott fucking loves and I enjoyed for the most part. St. Maud. St. Maud is like probably arguably one of the best, oh, in my sure. mind, religious horror films in, in a while. Last decade. Yeah, I, I would yeah. agree. I mean, although, would you consider The Witch a religious horror film? I mean, it's all about to a certain extent, possibly. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, see, I it's think just hard that... because I think that the, if we're really like laser focusing on what that sub sub genre is, we're getting like my two double features we're getting this movie we're right. getting yeah. <laughs> one of the movies that i'm coming out i'm gonna picking in like a month <laughs> well like religion is stuff religion is like uh such a subjective art form too right so like you're you know it's such a broad spectrum but also but, everybody's so afraid even, of even, like offending anybody so right. uh, so i mean and that's fine i really i i don't think that we need to have like mm -hmm. a burgeoning religious horror Mm -hmm. subgenre i but i do think that it is pretty sparse for a lot of reasons in america i i think so too i think you you lose you polarize your audience if you do i mean stigmata like i mean me thinking that i know shit about catholicism because i watch stigmata versus scott maybe for you being an ex-catholic watching stigmata so you have a knowledge base oh, i was catholic when i watched it oh you watched it first time. okay gotcha, gotcha. And, and and i mean i wasn't i i didn't leave leave the church is that even ugh, that's a gross yeah, thing you for me stopped to even going. Say. yeah i stopped going <laughs> when i went to college mm -hmm. and i was always very skeptic um right. and, yeah, and i wanted sure. to have science make sense with the book you know yeah, like right. and and i would ask my mom questions like as soon as i was old enough to understand things like evolution and dinosaurs and you know like the speed of light and the size of the universe and the big bang, all those things. I was kind of like asking my mom questions. She's like, I don't have the answer for you. And I wanted yeah. so badly. And I, I think I mentioned this actually in the Amityville episode, if not the Amityville episode, it was the Patreon connected to it. But I wanted so badly to believe in the supernatural. And I wanted things to happen, you know, like I just wanted right. 
things to be as cool in real life as they were in like the fiction that I consumed and um, no- nothing has ever happened. And so that yeah. also kind of was the nail in the coffin for me. <laughs> One of the nails in the, in the coffin. So the way I see it, uh, a few quick things to tackle. First of all, I had to chuckle because I'm thinking about really classifying any religious film is where the, the priest is the hero of the movie. <laughs> Theoretically, if he survived till the end, I would have to argue that like Dead Alive is a religious horror movie. No, but you know what I mean? Like, like what does Stigmata and The Exorcist really have in common? Because those are the movies I think of when I think of like what my version of religious horror is and it's like common innocent person possessed by some demonic power and only a priest can come and save the day Mm -hmm. like you know what the most fucked up thing about those these two examples and I think that it it kind of might be the main conceit of religious like Christian religious horror is that there's an innocent who doesn't believe and then they are forced to believe because they're then pitted in this like grand scheme between God and the devil. And that's mm-hmm. fucking stupid. Like, yeah, no, that that's completely <laughs> takes away the whole point of like a quote unquote innocent person being involved because it's right. basically a twisting their arm into changing. They're like, it's mm-hmm. like, we will break you if you don't change your, your thought process. And that, I think that that might be why it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And like, I didn't hate my watch of stigmata, but I literally watched it to gawk at late nineties fashion because yeah, this movie time. is just a display, you know, like it is <laughs> Frank ring is as yes. big as the ring oh my God, one have, from the mummy's tomb. I fucking uh, have a note that said it looks like a lemon jeweler. lime ring pop. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. For sure. It's huge. Can, can, can I was we like, also what talk about like, what were they thinking? Most of this soundtrack is like if there was a rave version of the Pure Mood CD. Like, did anybody, <laughs> like, did anybody see who did the music? No, no, who did the music? Billy fucking Corgan. Really? That that makes even if lot. even if you, dude, even if you read it like in the credits, like I did, I forgot by the second song. Nothing, <laughs> nothing says Billy Corgan about any of this. No, um, no, I actually have you a know note what that says it, that the the beginning is like the, the you know that when they're doing the intro credits, like the intro mm-hmm. scroll, it's like the Lord's Prayer, and it goes into Kmart Elastica. That's exactly what it sounds like <laughs> to me, you know, like, and that doesn't <laughs> scream Billy Corgan to me. If it was right. like, no, you Kmart, have to remember. Here's you know, here's the thing pumpkins. you have to remember is. <laughs> The, it does make sense when you remember that this is the exact same time period of Smashing Pumpkins where they've just released a door, which was like um. completely dis like people hated that. And then he followed it up with the double album of Machina, the Machines of the God, which just further was like this almost techno religious album. So this totally checks out that in 1999, this is what Billy Corgan's up to. <laughs> I didn't realize people didn't like Adore. Damn. I mean, I liked a song off of it, but it's not. Maybe that's what I, I do, too. <laughs> Maybe that's No, what it's, it had a, it's had a resurgence because I think it was one of those. It's one of those classic examples of a band establishing that they sound like one certain way and then putting out an album that sounds the antithesis of that and then everyone hating it right out the gate. And then, like, years later, you go into it knowing that it sounds nothing like what you're used to that band sounding. And then you're like, oh, this isn't as bad as I remember. And I think that it's nostalgia being like, I want more of this nostalgia from my childhood. But, like, Mm -hmm. it would be nearly impossible for any band to follow up the success of Melancholy. I mean, it was. I mean, and also by 98, 99. 
that style of music is fucking done, you know, yeah, and, and, and even he's, trying he's to do the electronic, at that point. yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, and how could you hard rock, oh man, <laughs> you, got, he wants to take you higher, or he wants yeah. you to take him higher, <laughs> yeah. Dude, with arms wide open, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel bad for Billy Corgan at all for for doing this, but do you guys? This is a, a little a twist here. Um, do you guys? Did you read up on what the original title of this movie was going to be? No, no, I missed that. Saint Francis of Pist- Pittsburgh. Oh, no. Which is like I think Stigmata is the better so name. bad. Give me the right choice. <laughs> yeah, they did, but I mean, it's also I I it gives me this slapstick religious comedy like mm-hmm. the gods must be crazy kind of thing. Yeah, and I, I, I yeah. almost would have loved to see. I mean, also what did Gabriel? What transgression did Gabriel Byrne? do that required him to like what favor was called in for yeah. this movie right dude, dude. saint francis of pittsburgh nothing screams pittsburgh like, about that movie at all until they literally so, say except that for the in yeah until they say that they're in pittsburgh <laughs> but saint francis of pittsburgh sounds like a mars volta song title yeah but yeah so i mean we didn't really dive into the movie itself uh but we kind of did at the exact same time yeah it's pretty it's pretty much it yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, she, uh, she's Frankie, lo- Frankie looks like Brett Michaels uh, at one point. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so with the bandana that she's wearing, brutal. it's really crazy. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think it was just oh yeah, Gabriel Byrne really did have to like. You know, he do. almost won the Razzie for for worst uh, worst acting and it, worst supporting actor. By, um, it was it was him for both this and End of Days that came out. That's the same right, because he was in both, which is fucking <laughs> hilarious, oh, dude. What a what a terrible downfall. But he lost He's to uh, Ahmed Best for yes, that's uh, right. Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Jar Jar Banks. They're the, they're the best. Um, <laughs> oh, I do think about that eye exam scene often, where she gets air blown into her eyeball. Mm-hmm. I think about that like way more than. I thought I did until I was shown it again, and I was like, "Every yeah, time I go you to you and it. Matt have fucking astigmatisms." <laughs> mm-hmm. I hate that. That's exam, me with that's not what my... this movie's that's not what this movie's about. <laughs> astigmatism, Kyle. A we should one hundred percent make a fake trailer that is almost shot for shot the stigmata <laughs> trailer, but it's about bad eye vision. Yeah, yeah, dude. The, <laughs> like the vibe of it. You're absolutely right about the late '90s fashion, like weird vibes. Oh god, it was it's, so it's great. Like, I love it. They they saw the the. I realize I have a. The rave scene, yeah. They they saw the rave scene at the beginning of Blade, and they're like, "Do you think that we could get all those costumes and use them again?" Dude, (laughs) dude, I'm realizing that I have a type of style of movie that I think is uh, good for the show (laughs) because now (laughs) I I realize my next pick really vibes in with this as well. And I've made my picks vibe with you and Matt. (laughs) Summer of love, baby. Yes. (laughs) We're making an ad. Napping ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. (laughs) So, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. 
Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. All right. So, Kyle, let's talk about your double feature on this bad boy. You picked yeah. this. What What are you? You're at the video store What's what's the other movie you're mm-hmm. grabbing with mm-hmm. with uh, Stigmata? So also going along with uh, uh, Blair Witch Two, Book of Shadows. I don't need to explain this. Um, <laughs> I think that they're I think both that, the exact. They're the same movie. The same with, with movie, budget. Visu- like visually in my mind, Costumes. they're the same movie, um, same character. Even though <laughs> they're not Stigmata is serious and but still like has moments uh, of levity and fun, right? Blair Witch is the opposite, where it's, like, much more fun, but there are, like, weird, serious, like, jabs that they take, and they both, in my mind, look exactly the same. So that's what I'm picking, uh, Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. All right, Scott? So if I was really going for a bit, I would go, I would say, I'm going to watch St. Francis of Pittsburgh and then St. Francisville Experiment, but I don't have that much time on my hands. I don't ever want to watch that movie again. I'm so sorry, Matt, that I put you through that because it's really bad, really bad I put you through worse, I'm sure. So I mean, now, but at the time, it was definitely me abusing you and our friendship, (laughs) Um, and I, I feel like we are much closer to the scales heavily in your favor. Now, um, but yeah, I'm gonna go with a uh, another movie that is absolutely Catholic horror, and that's Constantine, which is a very fun movie to watch, but is an absolute travesty of a film adaptation of a really great comic book. So um, we will put a pin in that conversation for l- probably this fall because it's coming down the pipeline, y'all. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. And I'm going to kind of go more in the vein of where Kyle went, where it's like, as far as plot goes, not really the same movie at all. But as far as a time and a place and an overall vibe. Pittsburgh? Yeah. I uh, The whole time I was watching this, I just kept thinking of Strangeland for some reason. <laughs> and oh, like God. It kind of gives me some real Strangeland vibes. All right. Kyle, what have you watched recently that you want to talk about? Uh, I went to go see X. Oh, yes. And I uh, won't 
say too much, but I'm surprised at how many theaters it's in. And if it's near you, uh, well, actually, I guess this will, it's probably gone by the time this comes out. Might but, be in the, um, the two buck theaters by this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you can spend two bucks, I highly recommend it. Ty West is just really awesome. I really like not only the films that he's put out, but the story of him as a filmmaker um Mm -hmm. as an artist you know like where he's come from where he went where he's been the past like 10 years like just making tv and you know just cranking that stuff out and then um what he's done with x it fits right into his filmography it fits right into um a lot of things that i think our listeners will like don't read too much about it but also like if you do i don't think it's really spoiling anything i think that you can still uh, enjoy that experience and that movie i just you know i like to go in more blind than not but it's uh it's worth a watch so go see x i only watched one of these three parts but i literally just finished part one about 10 minutes before we hit record so the beatles get back yes essentially you are just watching three as well i haven't seen part two and three so maybe things change but i don't think they do you're essentially watching three two and a half hour long band rehearsals but what is charming and interesting about it to me is that you are watching arguably the most important band in history at the peak of their popularity having a band practice that looks exactly like a band practice that a bunch of 16 year old friends in high school would have and it and it kind of is this like it is this beautiful like level set where it's like you could be the Beatles or you could be a bunch of kids forming a band for the first time and it doesn't change that your band practice is still like 90% you dicking around and doing silly voices while oh, playing yeah. the same song over yeah. and over again. Yeah. So it's like there is something really wholesome yeah. <laughs> about that aspect of it. That's cool. But all right. Let's talk. Let's talk, Maisel. I'll, I'll say right now, probably I liked this season, but I also think it was probably my least favorite season of the four. It felt short to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think that season two. That's when they're in the Catskills, right? Yeah. That that has to be the funniest and my most favoritist season. I just think it was just phenomenal. Um. I really liked where they went with season four. So season five is the final season. Everybody mm-hmm. who watches probably knows that. And, you know, I like that it's got an end point because I fucking hate when shows just get canceled and there's no. I, well, I, I hate when shows are canceled that do not have some sort of goal in mind. And and I feel like after season one was such a massive hit, they were like, OK, I know what the 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 character arc is and um they they, they're gonna get there and i think i know what the character arc is and i am going to be very satisfied if they do that season four midge is in the wrong 90 percent of this season not just this season that's almost no no but this season specifically it was even more like because her handling we won't get into the whole thing, but like the way she handled things with shy Baldwin. And then in the end, it was still her guilting shy for cutting her out. Like really sat bad with me more than anything else she's ever done. (laughs) Yes. And that's the drama side of it. But the comedic side of her being an asshole is when she's on the, when she gets an opportunity to be on TV and she just has to swallow her pride and she can't even do it. And yep. so for me, what I see the, the show being is the, the hero's journey 
is not Midge, it's her manager. You know, like the whole point yeah. is that Midge is going to get left behind because she can't get her shit straight. Susie has the hero's journey. She's, I, I yep. think. I mean, that's that would sit well with me. I as long as because Susie she's ends the one up happy, trying. I'm happy. <laughs> well, like, Susie's that's never going to be happy. That's her. That's the whole conceit of the character. But Midge is just so short-sighted that I, I think that what's going to happen is she's just going to always be mediocre. I don't think that she's going to continue to work at the strip club. I think she's just going to just not be a comedian anymore. Yeah. Things flourish around Midge because Midge is cow shit. Like, she is things that people don't want, but good things follow in her wake because she's pushy, I guess. Yeah. If, if that if that refer if if I can make that metaphor almost you know like because she showed up and the club was an absolute hole and she was like this is unacceptable because it made it was bad for her you know and so yeah. she was like she she dragged the the club into a legitimized version of what is still an illegal activity I think that that's going to be echoed with you know like. Her manager is going to succeed. Midge is not. I I don't know if Joel's going to succeed in his life. I don't really even want to get into that because there are a million ways that that could go, and I will be probably unhappy with all of them just because Joel is a very polarizing character for me, and it depends on the episode that I'm watching whether or not I want him to be happy or absolutely miserable. <laughs> At the end of the day, I think we'll both say still check out Marvelous Mrs. Maisel season four. Oh, hell yeah. Right? I, I, it's yeah. a great show, and it looks cool even if you don't. I mean, if you like costumes... And, yeah, and some jokes. It's, it's <laughs> but like at the very baseline. If you like costumes and some jokes, that's a good show. Okay, that's good. I mean, I'm I'm on board. I forgot to tell you guys quickly that my pastor is from Pittsburgh, so you mm-hmm. know I texted him and was like, "Hey, dude, did you know that Stigmata takes place in Pittsburgh?" <laughs> and, and he was like, uh, "Yeah, like everybody knows that. <laughs> Every priest knows that. You fucking asshole, bro. I Don't ever like, come back to my church." Dude, he goes, yes, Pittsburgh rules. And then, <laughs> he goes, uh, Stigmata, though, biased religiously, of course. That's one of the best out of the city. And I was like, <laughs> and then he asked if I ever heard of Monkey Shines. So I know I'm in, <laughs> I know I'm in pretty decent company with, with that guy. You know. Man, is Pittsburgh like a specific religious place? Because my church pastor is also originally is from that Pittsburgh. Right? I don't know what's going on over there, man. <laughs> Steel and um, and Jesus, I guess. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's all they got. That's all they got down there. What do you think they made the nails from? That's true. It came from Pittsburgh steel. There we go. <laughs> All right, on that <laughs> awfully sacrilegious. Yeah, if, if anybody is wondering if I was going to hell, that's <laughs> <laughs> nah, fine. Go. We laugh, so we're going to join you. Yeah, uh, all right, so you. that was Stigmata from 1999, as picked by Kyle. Next week, guys, it's episode 350. Next week, what? Absurd. I can't believe I've been here for all 350. I'm so honored. <laughs> it's sad that we've had not one but two co-hosts that get to make that joke. <laughs> oh, that's uh, amazing. We'll, 350 is awesome. Yeah, and we're going to pick uh, a classic movie, another one of uh, fitting in with the theme of how did we not talk about this in the first 349 episodes. Uh, we're talking about a, a cinematic classic. And who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe an old friend will come and join us for it, too. Or a blood we'll relative, try. even. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> We're all brothers here. 
Uh, we'll be back with more Horror Movie Night. listening to the Geekscape Network. We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm-hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> So, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad! That's the ad. That's the ad. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? You're listening to the Geekscape Network.